Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up at the end of tonight's show, the truth about equal pay, especially in the world of soccer. We want to get to this last night. We just simply ran out of time. You got to stick around because I guarantee you're going to be surprised, maybe, <laughs> what the fake news is not telling you about this whole story. I'm sure you're going to be shocked. Believe me, you will. Stick around for that. Plus, this week, the superintendent of Fargo Public Schools, Dr. Gandhi, said he's going to move forward on some sort of level D facility for kids with special needs, in large part because of all the classroom violence that we've been talking about now for quite some time. A lot of people in our community not happy about this idea, especially of a separate facility. So we had a very special panel, four people in all, to talk about this topic. So stick around for that as well. We start tonight, though, with President Trump of the Rose Garden earlier today talking about the citizenship question on the 2020 census and he gives a nice shout out believe it or not to minnesota we've been talking about this minnesota piece now for a while you hear what i'm talking about in just a moment but as many of you know the supreme court recently ruled uh, against the way the commerce department was asked to put the citizenship question on the census so uh, here we are we've got a bunch of unelected people in black robes telling you and i that our country our republic can't actually ask you if you're a citizen or not. That is shocking to me. I mean, absolutely stunning. So they had this ruling and then uh, they basically said, hey, but if you wanna come back and try another way, yeah, we'll hear your argument. And obviously they played this little cat and mouse game because they know full well that there's no way we're gonna be able to go through all the litigation, come back to the Supreme Court before the 2020 census needs to be printed and done. So President Trump was like, all right, people in black robes, you wanna play this game? Go ahead go ahead, do what you want to do. I'm just going to go around you by signing an executive order. And it's not an executive order to put the citizen, citizenship question on the census. What he's going to do now is he's going to have all the federal agencies gather as much data as possible and then basically reverse engineer out to figure out how many illegals actually live in our country. Let me repeat that for a moment just so it can sink in for you. We are going to now gather all this data so we can actually figure out how many illegals actually live in our country because right now we don't know that we really have no idea and if you watch the fake news media a lot there's a number out there that they all sort of have as this mantra that oh 11 million 11 million we've got 11 million illegals in our country but they've been telling you that now for years and years and years so bottom line is we really actually don't have a clue so as president trump talked about today from the rose garden hey how are you going to create good policy if we don't really know who's a citizen, who's not when it comes to healthcare, education, all those different facets of good public policy. So I want to play a couple clips for you tonight from President Trump's speech out in the Rose Garden. <laughs> the first one here, he does give a shout out to Minnesota, but also I want you to pay close attention. This is, he walks out to the Rose Garden, says, hey, thank you everybody, sit down, hello. This is how he opens his Rose Garden speech. Are you a citizen of the United States of America? Oh, gee, I'm sorry. I just can't answer that question. And that's after spending billions and billions of dollars. There used to be a time when you could answer questions like that very easily. There used to be a time when you could proudly declare, I am a citizen of the United States. Now they're trying to erase the very existence of a very important word and a very important thing, citizenship. They're even coming after the Pledge of Allegiance in Minnesota. I'm proud to be a citizen. You're proud to be a citizen. 
The only people who are not proud to be citizens are the ones who are fighting us all the way about the word citizen. <laughs> Walking out to the Rose Garden, opens it up. Are you a citizen of the United States? Oh, gee, I can't answer that question. Thing I love about President Trump as well is he just keeps on fighting, tells you how it is. Many people are not going to come out and say this, which I'm going to show you in a moment, just flat out the way he says this. But I think there's a lot of veracity to the way he says it. Again, here's more about the census from the Rose Garden. The Department of Commerce sensibly decided to include a citizenship question in the 2020 census as has been done many, many times throughout the history of the United States. Unfortunately, this effort was delayed by meritless litigation. As shocking as it may be, far-left Democrats in our country are determined to conceal the number of illegal aliens in our midst. They probably know the number is far greater, much higher than anyone would have ever believed before. Maybe that's why they fight so hard. This is part of a broader left-wing effort to erode the rights of the American citizen and is very unfair to our country. See, some people are gonna be like, oh, what is he talking about? That's crazy. But let me remind you, all right? First off, these people are fighting for DACA. They think that, hey, if we can get all these people in this, in this country now, then when DACA becomes legal, we're gonna have a bunch more people that'll have a pathway to citizenship. They believe it's their voters, thus more power. But also want to remind you about the second Democratic presidential debate that we had, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago now. But as you just said there, trying to erode the rights of American citizens, remember, they all raised their hand when they said, hey, would you provide health care for illegal immigrants? We have homeless people, we have vets that are served, our country that aren't getting served right. And they all raised their hand and said, yes, I would provide health care to illegals. Also, President Trump, before the Rose Garden speech, he held a social media summit at the White House to talk about really stopping the bias against conservatives. Many of you, you know, are aware of this. You've seen it. Um, but I want to share with you what President Trump tweeted out just before the summit, because I think it shows you, in my opinion, uh, his sense of humor. So here's what he had to say. He said, hey, big subject today at the White House. Social media summit will be the tremendous uh, dishonesty, bias, discrimination, and suppression practiced by certain companies. We will not let them get away with it much longer. The fake news media will also be there, but for a limited period. The fake news is not as important or as powerful as social media. They've lost tremendous credibility since that day in November 2016 that I came down the escalator with a person who was to become your future first lady when I ultimately leave office in six years or maybe 10 or 14, just kidding. <laughs> they will quickly go out of business for lack of credibility or approval from the public. That's why they will all be endorsing me at some point, one way or the other. This is where he, you see a sense of humor. Could you imagine having sleepy Joe Biden or Alfred E. Newman, Pete Buttigieg, or a very nervous and skinny version of Pocahontas, one in 1024th as your president, rather than what you have now, so great looking and smart, a true stable genius. <laughs> you can read the rest. I mean, he, he, look, you have to understand that he thinks that this is humorous and fun to him. Many people see that as being very serious. They're appalled by it. you got to have a sense of humor with President Trump. One interesting thing to note, and I've got a graphic here for you, but during his social media summit, remember, he's talking about bias and all this kind of stuff. 
This was Twitter during a social media summit. Actually, it was shut down. You try to get onto Twitter at some point this afternoon, it's back up now, but it was, it was Gandhi. Nothing happening there uh, via Twitter. So just kind of strange and interesting. Would love to know your point of view there on President Trump now figuring out a workaround with the citizenship question on the census and, of course, his sense of humor when it comes to the social media summit, what he said there. Now, a little bit more local. Big meeting today for Fargo Public Schools. We had uh, the new Fargo School Board president on the show last night, Madam President Robin Nelson. She mentioned uh, they were going to have this meeting today, so they ended up talking about boundary changes, um, year-round school, a ninth-grade academy. Those are some of the top ideas that the Fargo School Board members came up with today to really address kind of the overcrowding that we're having here in Fargo. So the school board members, they brainstorm for several hours today on how to try to relieve some of this overcrowding at Davies and Discovery, but while still giving students access to a great, outstanding quality education. Responding often as, as well to some of the community concerns. So at the end of the discussion, uh, board members whittled their ideas down to three options to consider until a new Southside school can be built. So those options are boundary changes, a year-round school at Davies and Discovery, year-round school, yes, you heard me right, and a ninth grade academy. There are by no means, uh, one, one is being preferred over the other. Uh, the board has committed to keep an open mind throughout these discussions. Uh, we expect uh, there will be a lot of community feedback because some of these are pretty bold. So I'd love to know your thoughts on that. District leaders are now going to be researching these ideas, create a pros and cons list for each one, and present those to the board on August 13th. And the board's expected to vote on which idea they want to move forward with on August 27th. But members say, hey, don't worry about it as of now because this isn't going to go into effect until probably the 2022 school year. All right, earlier this week, the Fargo Public School Superintendent, Dr. Gandhi, said he was going to revisit and look at figuring out a way to have a what's called a level D facility for our kids that are having some behavioral, maybe special needs issues. And this is a very, very contested issue right now uh, within Fargo, some other cities as well. But many people are upset about the idea of having a separate level D facility for some of the kids with special needs. So today I sat down with Dr. Uh, Barb Stanton from the Ann Carlson Center, also Representative Mary Schneider out of District 21 here in Fargo, uh, Ashley Haftall, she's a parent who uh, had a student who was part of the initial level D pilot program in Fargo that took place recently. Also Brenda Rule, she's a disability advocate with P&A for six years, also the past executive director of the Center for Independent Living. Sorry, with you, Ashley, because you said, hey, your son was part of the, you know, quote unquote, failed pilot program. Uh, there was a task force. There was recommendations that some people like, didn't like back in January. And then pretty much this week, Dr. Gandhi, the superintendent of Fargo Public Schools, comes and says, hey, we're going back to a level D facility. What was your initial reaction? Shock. Um, it was it was quite shocking, um, considering that we had spoken to Dr. Gandhi a few times about the type of transparency that we would have and that he would have in the district would with our parent group and different things like that. Um, a couple months ago he had said in the media that they were looking into alternatives for um, alternative programming and things like that and so to hear this now it comes as a shock, a surprise that that's the way that we're looking at um, handling this situation, I guess. 
So what I want to get from because you've been working on Fargo Public Schools and within schools for quite some time, correct? correct? So right. there was a recent survey that said, hey, seven out of ten teachers are showing up at school mm -hmm. now. They're fearful. They feel intimidated. Um, and they say the number one thing they want to solve here is this violence in the classroom situation. I think the superintendent and others see this level D facility as a solution. What say you? Um, I think it's interesting that you started this off using the word that this is contested. I, I don't understand that. Um, we all have the same goal. We want safe kids. We want safe teachers. We want a safe community. We want everyone to be included as a part of um, having a community that people feel good about. I can't imagine going to work every day and, and worrying about that. But I think that, that part of the reason that I'm here today is that this is a very complicated issue. And I don't know that people who aren't really involved in the issue have an understanding of the complexities about the kids and the needs they have, about training needs that teachers have and the supports that they're not getting. Um, and all of the things that I think we could be doing and taking a look at prior to jumping to a segregated school system. So what is that solution though? Um, again, I think we need to have a lot of people at the table. I think we need haven't to have... We, haven't we done that? We had 50 people on a task force, right? Right. And we, th uh, three of us were on that task force. And um, I d did express some of my disappointment about that because we spent a lot of time talking about location and facility, not a lot of time talking about programming or alternative solutions. But I think it did come out in the task force, and um, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, that we wanted to take a look at how do we better the, the level B and the level C programs. And I believe Dr. Mm -hmm. Gandhi talked about that um, in the article that was in the forum about wanting to take a look at those. I, I haven't heard conversations about that. So just for clarity for our audience and whoever wants to take this, but how would you define level D? I think that's your question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a segregated school. It, it basically means you're going to take well, the well, building. Segregated means all the kids with My understanding is there's 13 different levels or classifications, correct? Mm -hmm. So a level D would be defined as what as far as a student classification? A separate school. So last question, I'm going to give each one of you a mm -hmm. last word. But the other side of the coin, and I did ask this to President Nelson last night, is that you hear all the conversations about the violence in the classrooms, which it's still hard for me to understand. But obviously that causes a ruckus within the, mm -hmm. within the classroom, mm -hmm. okay? So then you have a student that isn't causing any issues, is excelling academically, and now their academic progress is being right. stunted because of these situations. What do you say to those parents? They're like, hey, you know what? I don't want my kids' academics progress to be stunted because of some other situation. Yeah, go ahead and have a level D school. I would say that if you had met the needs of that child, where that child was in that moment, you don't get to the point Correct. of having that incident. If you mm -hmm. don't have the resources in that classroom that that child needs, you're going to keep making that mistake over and mm -hmm. over again. So you're saying it's a lack of training thing for the teachers? Like it, training, support, other resources. people in the room yeah. that that student might need. Um, it's a, it is a disservice to every child in that classroom, but it is not that child's fault. They need to be met where they're at. They need the services brought to them. They need those things provided. To, to be fair, I, mean, I think teaching is a calling. I mean, Absolutely. I God bless teachers, yep. right? Yep. I, I try to put myself in their shoes and go, okay, I now need to manage 30 different you know, yes. academic progressions, yes. how they communicate, whether they're visual. I mean, that's almost impossible, right? And then we pay them, what? 40, 50 grand mm -hmm. a year. So I hear you and I get what you're saying, but at the same point in time, 
But you're almost asking some uh, one person to do something. No, that's no. not what we're asking. That, that, that is a mm -hmm. misconception in this conversation. We are asking that administration provide that teacher the support they need in that classroom for those students or that student. So you're saying like what? three or four more like assistant teachers or? If that student needs an assistant teacher a para, give that student a para. If that para needs extra training in certain aspects of that child's disability, um, whether it be learning or social emotional, give that para that training. If that student needs services outside of that classroom, do those services outside of that classroom. Bring that student back into the classroom with those skills. And God bless you for saying that, but we can't find enough teachers the way it is right now. That's not the student's fault. Yeah. And the law doesn't say you only have to provide special ed if you can find the staff. Maybe Fargo should think about, and I know there's a teacher shortage in North Dakota. Right. But when I look at comparable mm -hmm. districts, West Fargo mm -hmm. seems to fill their positions and have some incredible teachers, and Fargo has some incredible teachers. They just need the, the support. Mm -hmm. And they need those resources. Mm -hmm. And and we hear that from teachers, teachers paras, from paras, principals. from principals. I have principals that call me all the time and say, I'm really sorry, I wish we could have done this mm -hmm. for your son. Mm -hmm. We've mm -hmm. had those conversations. But I'm not getting the support that I need from administration. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm going to give you each one of you 30 seconds for the last word. Just what's your what's your solution to this situation? We'll start with you, Representative Schneider. Well, no one likes to get to the point of litigation, so as an attorney... <laughs> That's right where the I attorney mean, goes. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm kind of in a tough spot. But I would say with the requirements that you have the individualized education plans, uh, that we've uh, seen that segregation doesn't work and is often unlawful, and that if we switched back to focusing on the individual needs of the children and really address those. We wouldn't have to waste our money on bricks and mortar that were not right for the kids <clears throat> and not right for the district. That's a fair assessment. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, we, we are still in a, you know, agrarian mm -hmm. educational yep. system when we're, we're clearly beyond the agrarian age. Your solution. Oh, can we pass on me for a minute? <laughs> sure. <Yeah. laughs> Come back to me. Yeah. I, I think that in the IEP process and going along with what Mary said is that we need to pay attention to what those individual needs are and and provide those services and we won't ever get to needing a level D which by the way when they talk about children that it's not just special ed kids mm -hmm. the only way you have an A, B, C or D in a level is if you're in a special ed program with an IEP. Look. Our kids are the most valuable resource on the planet. Yeah. 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 Right? And yet you're going to have people at home right now watching this going, hey, my property taxes are already way yes. too high. Yeah. How am I going to pay for all these teachers? How am I going to pay for all these people that are going to come in and help? You know, maybe you just kind of start with what you already have and say, how do we improve mm -hmm. that? Which yeah. was one of the things that the task force said. And that was one of, there was no clear consensus on a level D. The biggest conversation was, why don't we look at what we have mm -hmm. and figure out ways to improve it? The solution is not always just throwing money at something. Correct. And again, like Barb said, there are a lot of great people, a lot of great skills in that task force. If we could have sat down at the table or sat down on the floor and said, mm -hmm. all right, this is what we have, this is what we need, how do we get there? There's great parents <clears throat> to help do that. Mm -hmm. Solution. I think the solution is we have to get out of this them versus us mentality. We are all in this together. This is about supporting each other and supporting kids to be successful. 
and starting to have a conversation that is open and honest about what we need and really shifting a mindset about um, these are kids. They're going to be part of our community and we need to really work with all children to make sure that they get everything they need to be successful. And you're right, I feel badly for the other students in the class too. But if we have kids who are watching other students being supported and cared for and respected is very different than the kids in the classroom who are watching a child being dragged out screaming. So that's, we need to be kind. Hate to sound like a therapist. Let's, let's. Out of your job. Let, let's wow. be nice. Last word. I, I don't think there's a one size fits all solution for this. One thing that I think we have to stop doing as a district is punish, punishing children for their disability. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, and I know in the case of my child and in the case of many parents that I have spoken with, um, the the solution for the school is suspension or um, getting an SRO officer involved or calling the police or doing these things that are very, um, they're, they're a punishment. Instead of trying to find a solution with that child, try to understand that child, where they're coming from, what they were lacking in those moments, they go straight to suspension, straight to calling an officer. And I think that does so much harm for those little people. And that costs more money than a calm resolution. Thank you for this conversation. I think it's mm -hmm. so important to have. So we'd love to have you all back. And I think sometimes the more the merrier. So we yeah. appreciate it very, very much. I'd Thank agree you. with more the Thank merrier. You. It'd Ab be nice to have um, Absolutely. Dr. Gandhi here. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. that'd be yeah. great. And There's Robin. There's a patient, and Dr. Gandhi. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Robin. Yeah. We'd love to do that. Yeah. All right, Absolutely. we will try to set that up. All right? Super. Thanks, you guys. We Thanks for having us. Much. Thank Thanks. you. Thank really, you. Really appreciate it.